0: Uh, the numbers are very scary of the reported cases of COVID-19. An additional 8,124 reported overnight, um, according to the statement released by the Health Minister, Dr. Zulim Kiza yesterday, with 92 new deaths, um, uh, making up that number includes 37 in the Western Cape and 28 in Gauteng. But we have seen over the last, uh, couple of weeks now, a, a, sure, an exponential increase in the number of reports Reported cases in the Gauteng province, just to give you a taste, it was twenty eight thousand seven hundred and forty six cases that were reported a week ago. That's the twenty fifth of June. Compare that number to yesterday's number of forty five thousand nine hundred and forty four in Gauteng alone. That's an increase of seventeen thousand one hundred and ninety eight in one week. In the Western Cape, comparatively, 56,780 num- number of infected cases uh on the 25th of June, compared that to 64,377 yesterday. That's an increase of 7,597. So Gauteng, in the same period, increased by nearly... 10,000 more cases in that province alone than compared to the Western Cape. We've always reported that the Western Cape was ahead of the curve. And of course, an impact uh, of the reported cases could be as a result of the decision by the Western Cape government to only test those who are older than 55 and who have comorbidities. Those are the people who are most at risk of being affected uh, negatively by COVID-19. The question we want to ask this morning, though, what can the Gauteng government learn from the Western Capes government? And the person to answer that question is Professor Alex van den uh, He's with the Wirt School of Governance. Uh, Alex, a very good morning. Thank you very much for waking up so early in the morning and chatting to us. Good morning. Uh, We were anticipating this, were we not, that uh, we will get a point where Gauteng province will start building on those reported cases of COVID-19, which will probably see it becoming the epicenter of South Africa again.
1: Um, I wouldn't say that that was expected. Uh, The trends that we would see of the epidemic are very much dependent upon the uh, the. Uh, 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 interventions the prevent the public health interventions that prevent or suppress the epidemic uh the there is no model that predicts what would happen when you intervene in particular ways so what we were what uh, so if there was a period in which it was relatively flat in, in Gauteng and it has picked up quite significantly and i would argue that that is very much to do with uh with Probably the quality and the depth of the of the public health interventions that were not sufficiently uh, uh, pre- uh,
0: preventing the epidemic from taking off. Such as, out of interest, I mean, what what should the Gauteng Department of, of Health have done in the earlier weeks of this uh, pandemic that would have seen a very different picture in the data that we're getting from the reported cases of COVID nineteen?
1: Well, one of the interventions that, uh, the, the standard intervention, apart from the general lockdown, which is not really very successful in South Africa, is, is testing and tracing. Um, so that is strategic testing, um, to identify cluster, uh, cluster-based outbreaks and, uh, and addressing those as, as quickly as possible. So that's one pretty standard technique for separating the infected from the uninfected. Uh, the um, other are the sort of, uh, sort of t- targeted interventions to ensure that the areas where the clusters are breaking out are also social distancing, are also doing the sort of general measures for, uh, uh, for preventing the outbreak from taking off. I think that in Western Cape, for instance, there's always been a very targeted approach. It's focused very much on these outbreak clusters, the hotspots, focusing very hard on, on um, identifying them and then uh, attacking them very directly. In Hating, it's not clear how well the targeting has worked and whether or not they've been very effective uh, so, uh, at, t- at testing and tracing people. Um, There's been a, there's clearly been a different approach to testing. They've tested less, um, per population than Western Cape. And it's not very clear that it was very strategic in the way that they managed it.
0: So what to do now, Alex? We are seeing those numbers climbing and climbing quite exponentially every day almost in Gauteng province. And I did in the introduction to you note that the Western Cape has changed its uh, testing protocols and focusing more on those who are older than the age of 55 and those with comorbidities as far as testing is concerned. So that could have an impact on the numbers being reported from the Western Cape. But what do we do now?
1: Oh, yeah. So, firstly, the uh, thing to check is not just the the tested the numbers that are being detected as new cases, but also what's happening to mortality. And if you look at the so uh, the Western Cape is testing um, frontline health workers. It is testing people at uh, you know strategically at risk within the within the health system. They pulled back from community-based testing which is what they were doing before because of the turnaround time in the National Health Laboratory Services, which is run by national government, and really was letting the province down. So in the, in the, when if the tests take seven days to come back, seven to sort of 12 days to come back, you can't really get a preventive effect from those interventions. So... Um, But if you look at the mortality data, you see it reflecting what's being picked up as new cases because they do have to test the people coming to hospital, um, all the people coming to hospital because they've got to be able to identify um, who could actually infect other patients. So even normal patients have to be tested. Frontline workers have to be tested because they could be infecting patients, they could be infecting other staff. So the testing is going to pick up. The, uh, the overall level of testing will pick up the epidemic and I don't think that the, um, uh, the sort of decline in the number of cases is a consequence of the testing regime. Mortality has also plateaued and it looks like it's uh, following a sort of the downward trajectory of the new cases. So it looks like the Western Cape has kind of got ahead of it. Whereas in Khateng the both are on the rise and the rise is so steep um, that the mortality hasn't yet caught up, but it's on the way up. So the actual daily number of deaths in Kauteng is, um, is still below that in the Western Cape. But the number of the, the uh, upward trajectory, the speed with which Kauteng has suddenly increased, has been so rapid that it would take now, after a few more days, we will see the deaths pick up from uh, the new, in- new cases that arose uh, about a week ago.
0: While we are on the topic of mortality, Elizabeth has called in from Table View with the question relating to that. Elizabeth, good morning. What's your question for the professor?
2: Hi, Africa. What baffles me is um, after all this time, we've had less than 3,000 deaths in South Africa. A country like the UK, which is much different, obviously, but has a similar sort of number of people, had something like 45,000 deaths. Now, are we on our way there, or, or why do we have so so few deaths?
0: Uh, the death toll officially, according to the Department of Health, 2,749, following those 92 new deaths reported in the previous 24 hours. And I think, Alex, that uh, represents about a 1.7% mortality rate?
1: Yeah, so, the, so firstly, the, the question is whether we're picking up all of the mortality um, in these reported deaths. Uh, in uh, sort of analyses of the stats of Africa data, uh, the actual mortality and the variation from normal mortality suggests a higher number. So not all cases are actually being classified as COVID deaths. So to note that that's always a standard problem in this and that was also a problem in the UK. But nevertheless, the number the overall quantum of deaths is lower than in places like the UK. Uh, But we're still on an upward trajectory now, and it's unclear why. I mean, it's, we shouldn't be after having a massive lockdown and had many months to put in place sort of prevention, uh, public health prevention uh, approaches, and we are failing to address it in key areas, Eastern Cape and Gauteng. It's, it's possible this could be a lot higher, the death if we don't contain this outbreak, this particular outbreak, Hating and Eastern Cape. So we're we're not out of the woods yet. In the UK, they have um, their interventions, both the lockdown and other public health interventions have caused the epidemic to go into decline a while ago. Uh, Our lockdown didn't. Our lockdown um, might have had some preventive effect, but we actually showed an increase in the epidemic in during the period of the lockdown, which is not something that was seen in Italy, in France, in the UK, or New York, or Wuhan, there all of them showed a, uh, a, a there were there were consequences to the lockdown. So that shows that our society is different, and so there is some uncertainty about what we're going to see in the next few weeks. But I, I certainly hope that Gauteng gets its act together, and um, and addresses this. But it doesn't look as though they are at this point. It looks as though they're panicking a bit. but uh, And that's unfortunate. They really should have been prepared for this as a contingency during this entire period while COVID is around. Even if you get success in turning the epidemic, it can resurge if you, if you basically take your foot off the pedal. And Kharteng appears to have done that. And it will happen in the Western Cape as well if they, if they kind of um, get complacent.
0: That sentiment, by the way, shared by the Medical Research Council wondering whether the number of reported cases of deaths related to COVID-19 is an accurate number. They obviously measure the um, number of deaths and causes of deaths, and there have been uh, 4,039 more natural deaths from the 6th of May to the 23rd of June than are usually seen during this time of the year. And Debbie Bradshaw, the director of the MRC's Burden of Disease and Research Unit, um, Extrapolating that almost two thirds of the excess deaths of two thousand seven hundred and ninety-two could very well be um deaths related to COVID nineteen because those are people over the age of sixty um and are occurring among the elderly, obviously, which is which are, which is a, a matter of concern. The health department not responding to requests from media to respond to that. Alex, here's another question from Jack in the West Rand. Hello, Jack. What's your question for Alex? Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking this call. My question is, they, they
2: use the term, uh, in this case, now you've just spoken about, it, is Khao Teng. Um, then they talk about the Western Cape. Now, if you take Khao Teng, it's a vast area. Uh, Western Cape, is, well, it's a huge area. Can they please be more specific and name the actual towns where we're having these major outbreaks? That makes a huge difference to the whole picture. If you take the West Strand, for instance, it basically starts from the N1 north-south and goes, uh, you can say, up to Randfontein. And the Randfontein is considered actually as a far west Strand. It actually has got a totally different name. I think it's, co- I think it's called Rand West. Um, Krugersdorp, uh, the Ruhrapurit area. So, yeah, that's all West Rand. We know that as West Strand. Now, why I'm saying this, if you take... Um, the mines that are having these big infections. Um, I looked at a picture where they actually speak out know, on, on TV and uh, you know, I saw the cloth mine shaft Now that's miles and well, kilometers away from the Westland's got nothing to do with the wasteland actually. That is the far westland. Now those areas can easily be isolated. So All right. our main roads, make an isolate those those particular issues like the far west ramp
0: Jack, so let I me let me, very, let, really me let me refine your, your question. Are. Let me refine your question in this way. Um, Alex, we have seen in the Western Cape a. They started reporting uh, suburb by suburb the number of infected cases and deaths uh, in those uh, areas. Is there an advantage to that, to reporting by suburb as opposed to keeping it by a general metropolitan area, as has been the case in the majority of the provinces? Um, yes, uh, you've got a number of uh, positive
1: effects. One is that people in those particular areas uh, know if there's a problem. Otherwise, they themselves get complacent. So you get a protective effect from the community itself. Um, one would assume that in the places where they're not reporting at that granular level, that they are acting in a strategic way in relation to those. But uh, the uh, um, the idea that uh, there can be Large outbreaks in areas that are quite easy to isolate would definitely be revealed by uh, properly indicating the figures now that we are kind of left at a disadvantage in Can because they refuse to publish any of the more granular information i 've written about it it 's a problem it should be released. Other countries have no problem in releasing information at a very localized level, and it makes no sense to uh, to keep that information. Hidden from the public, uh, so yes, you can't, you know, you can't uh, work out uh, in, with the areas that are shown in carting where the hotspot actually is, and um, uh, so uh, uh, so it's been raised. Um, if you want to access the more granular information, you have to sign non-disclosure agreements. And there, if you got that data, if I got it, I wouldn't be able to talk to you about it. So that's a problem. So in other countries, absolutely no problem showing the data at that level. Researchers and people can check out what is going on. It's not just government looking at the response. Everybody's analyzing it. Um, so, But we don't have a sense that cutting is necessarily... Um, uh, got a strategy to to isolate and localize the problems and deal with them. There are large number of cases that uh, there are snapshot reports that are produced by the Houting um, government that do show that there are mine workers who are infected, but they also show quite a large spread across all, all sorts of businesses. So it's very unclear what the policy is, what the strategy is from a prevention perspective in relation to the different hotspots. Um, you just get a snapshot of numbers every now and then, and a uh, and then you, but no trends, no um, information that allows you to analyse whether or not they've identified and then contained a particular area over a period of three weeks. So yeah, there's a problem with the data we're seeing.
0: All right. Uh parting question from me, uh, Alex. We we were meant to have a conversation earlier this hour about a decision taken by the Victorian State in Australia to have thirty six suburbs in Melbourne to uh return to lockdown. The Health Minister Dr. Zolim Kize in an interview with Bongani Bingwa on 7, 7.02 seven seven oh two breakfast on Tuesday morning, alluding to the fact that if needs be, we might see districts at least going back to a harder level of lockdown, a sentiment shared by the EFF who says return the whole country to level five. There'll be no value in that, will there? Yeah, so
1: firstly, the uh, the EFF suggestion, that's just utterly ridiculous in the South African context. We, our uh, generalized lockdown costs us about 13 billion rand a day. It destroys businesses, it destroys livelihoods and people, but it does also give uh, tempting control to the, uh, to, to government on who gets to survive and who gets to die as businesses. Those kinds of things are just untenable. The, um, the selective lockdowns, the targeted lockdowns, probably should always have been considered in South Africa rather than the generalized lockdown. And that is where you identify a specific area. It's not always the businesses. It can even come from a business, but a business can close down and uh, reopen. But if you find that there is a community-based outbreak in a particular area, you can then go door to door, shut down everything, go door to door, separate the infected from the uninfected, and then withdraw. Um, But it doesn't shut down your economy but it does solve the problem. So targeted lockdowns make a, make a lot more sense in the South African context.
0: Thank you very much for your time and your insights. Uh, Professor Alex van der Heever is a, uh, is with the Wirt School of Governance, reflecting on some of the numbers that we are reading on a daily basis, um, particularly at provincial level, and what responses he suggests we should look uh, to.